Karen, it's Christmas. I'm blithely skipping through life. <laughs> yeah, that describes Merry Christmas, that. everyone. Marin's basic MO. <laughs> this is my, my cup of cheer because I'm blithely when skipping I through life. When I heard that in the sermon, I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and I gotta get out of the boat. So do you. Today, we're talking about what happened when God became human. Dave is setting up his tent among us to talk about Mary's second trimester. But before we quorum Deo, now that they're finished riding the wings of the morning and dwelling by the farthest oceans, let's welcome in our favorite co-host, blithely skipping through life, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Oh, man. <laughs> Marin, it's Christmas. I'm blithely skipping through life. <laughs> yeah, that describes Merry Christmas, that. Marin's everyone. Basic mo. <laughs> this is my my cup of cheer because I'm blithely when skipping I through life. Heard that in the sermon. I thought of you. <laughs> Dave, I, good wait, day. Did I say that? Yeah. Blithely. Yeah. Skipping. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What 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 sermon did you witness? Uh, it must have been Saturday night because I was yeah, in North India. He saw. Uh, 6.15. Okay, because sometimes certain words like sneak <laughs> into certain messages yeah. at certain hours. I don't remember the word blithely. I think that one would have stuck out. Well, it did. <laughs> I what swear. Is, what does blithely literally mean? Is without like a care? Sprightly? <laughs> no, blithely is like, I'm, yeah, it's without a care. It's like, yeah, who cares? I'm I'm having I'm, yeah. okay. Whatever's happening, it doesn't matter. Because I don't know that I'm I've good. actually used that word myself, so now I want to challenge. So, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, challenge. My word. It'll, it'll my word out. for the last three days has been inured. <laughs> you did use that this morning in a meeting. What does that mean? E n u r e d. It means I've become so accustomed to it that it doesn't phase me anymore. I've oh. become inured to it. I'm inured right. to the fact that dad uses words like that sometimes. <laughs> All my life, uh, as right? I he always do that. Blithely uses words yeah. like that. When I picture, when I have an image in my mind when I hear the word blithely, it's Barry doing a fist pump into the air screaming, adventure! That's right. That's what, that's what I picture. Well, now we know. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. How in the world are you? It's the week before Christmas. Are you, are you good? Are you stressed? Dave, Barry, Marin, you're you're you've all got big weekends coming up. How are you guys doing? I'm fine. Here's the deal. <laughs> I I am good, but I'm now starting to feel really guilty. I, here's how I describe myself when it comes to Christmas. I realize this is what it is. I'm not a Grinch by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not particularly festive. Okay. How I'm can not that, a, that be? Down at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not festive. I don't like. I don't. I like Christmas. <laughs> But You're I, inured. I'm not inured to Christmas. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I like being around family. Yeah. Giving gifts is fine. But like compared to my wife, it's, Olivia is just. She's in it. Well, she's like such a good gift giver. Mm. And that's not my, not my strength whatsoever. So she's out wrapping gifts and getting stuff yeah. and thinking of different people and doing, I'm like, yeah, I guess. Do you want me to wrap it? Are you, you, just, you just wrap it. It's fine. How, you, how are you at wrapping presents? I'm yeah. very are you good, a good at it. You're skilled. I'm good at it for, yeah. Okay. I mean, but I don't know. I've, you guys literally came to our house the other night so Lauren and Olivia could wrap presents together. That's right. awesome. Well, but that's the thing. Now I'm seeing my lack of festivity for what it is and I'm starting to feel like un-American. Oh, it's fine it's, if you're not into it. I if you can actually wrap a present and do a decent job and make it presentable, uh, that's festive in my book. Okay. All right. Jed wrapped wow. a present for me Low a couple bar. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Jed wrapped a present for me a couple years ago. The kids still talk about it to this day. It was a cardboard box, like mm-hmm. whatever the, the item had been mailed in this cardboard like box. A classic like cube. Oh, or like yeah. A, I mean, yeah. we've been married for 16 years and he is notoriously horrendous at wrapping presents. But this year he took the fake snow that you spray on the windows and sprayed <laughs> it all over the box. What? <laughs> It goes, all, it goes over, all over everything. Jed, what are you thinking? Wait a minute. I thought that, that's a great idea. Now, you know, practically it didn't work, but come on. Yeah. It was You can memorable. flock your box. We still talk about flock, it. Flock <laughs> your box. <laughs> yeah. 
I Man. like that. So he did that to one present or all of your presents? I think it was the main present yeah. that year. Yeah, it was in on a, top of the a wrapping foam paper sprayed box. No, just the cardboard box. Oh, he didn't itself. even wrap it. He no. just sprayed it. That it's was just the brown wrapping. with a spraying of white. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Come on, Jed. No, it was very memorable. So I'm more festive than that. Then, apparently, <laughs> yeah. but if that's like ground zero, <laughs> yeah. you're you're above ground that. one. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. It's I'm excited about everything Christmas and stuff, but yeah. I just uh, I don't know. You're I don't, preaching. I am preaching. We're gonna preach together. <laughs> and by the way, I was wrong. We've since last week we talked, and I said that we were gonna be like sharing. Like he would get up and talk for a little bit, and then I'd get up and talk for a little yeah. bit. Well, no, nope. we are both up there the whole time. Cool. And it could be. Terrible. Oh. Am I to understand that we've never done anything like this before? Nope. No, first time. Nice. Is, is this first your very? Is this your first time speaking on a Christmas Eve? Yes. Are yes. You, how are you feeling? Well, Fine? clearly I'm not trusted enough to do an entire <laughs> sermon. <laughs> no. Okay. Now, oh. now it's my fault. Oh. Initiation. Just joking. somehow that. <laughs> no, I'm excited. It's really fun, and like the more that we've worked on it, the more. Yeah. I don't know. There's. I'm gonna tell story. A story from my own childhood, which happens to be. Which you've already broken your mother's heart. Well, by telling this story. Oh, no, spoiler alerts. Uh, no, yeah. no spoilers. I just I've heard yeah. about this. Anyway, I, <laughs> she was a little devastated when she found out my perspective on what was at the time because, for you guys. Because remember, no like your wife, your mom yeah. is a spectacular gift giver. Yeah, absolutely. And, oh yeah. And since you are dissing one of the most important <laughs> gifts of your life. The gift was great. I just didn't realize it at the time. But you'll have to come Christmas Eve yeah, to hear to the rest of exactly. You don't want us to talk about it. Okay, It's we a won't. great story. Yeah. <laughs> I Christmas love when Eve, we yeah. do things we've never done before, and I especially love when we do those things on yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. We, and you know what? The whole Christmas Eve service <clears throat> is usually filled with things we've never done before. Yeah, right. typically. <laughs> yep. It's like uh, our whole production team thinks, yes. let's just do... like. I won't give it away, but Dave, um, Dave Fackler was telling me one of the special effects that they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, we got a so, whole lot of surprises for looking you. Looking at Planning cool. Center, like, what is an ice eagle <laughs> or something? <laughs> yeah. But seriously, as he's explaining to me, I'm like, I don't, first, I don't get what you're doing, yeah. but I think it's going to be cool. But I'll be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Marin, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel like I have the same feeling that I get when I'm like on a roller coaster about to embark on the most like outrageous and intense journey. I'm scared. That's the thing. I've got all the emotions. Today's my son's birthday, so I'm super happy. Oh, happy happy. birthday, Jaden. He's 15, so I'm super happy, but I woke up thinking, oh my goodness, I have three years left, which I know is not true, but that is what I feel. That was your first thought on your son's birthday? three years left. It is true. (laughs) The first thought on your son's birthday was about how you have something or don't have something? Yeah, man. You'll get there someday. <laughs> you will get there someday, but the boy Your is child's taller birthday, than yeah. I am. And the sense of loss. 15. We do this tradition. We've done it his whole life where we just decorate the outside of his door with like streamers and stuff so yeah. that he opens do you the flock door it? and then Does bam. Jed, Jed flock it? <laughs> oh, I got to keep that stuff away from Jed. Gets everywhere. Um, so yeah, so all my son wants is sushi for his birthday. So really? So we'll going out for sushi later. But then this afternoon, I got some sad news that another one of my family members is in the hospital. So that's the roller coaster oh, part of just, yeah. you know, we've got rehearsals on Thursday. We're we're gearing up for six services here at the 146 campus, which is where I'll be for Christmas. Mm-hmm. There is a whole lot going on. And now I'm trying to think of how I You're can distracted. get back to Chicago yeah. between yeah. now and Thursday. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when... Your son turns 15. Yes, sir. What, what is that? Other than being scared that he's going to leave, what does, <laughs> what, what kind of like, what happens now? Because he's a year away from driving. When is he like doing the whole driver's ed thing? Have you guys already planned it out? We, what's yeah. happening when he turns 15? We haven't planned that out, but it's, we've been talking about it because things are done differently here in Indiana than they were in Illinois where Jed and I came up um driver's ed was part of school like we just had a really oh yeah like every every student had a driver's ed not here class hour period of the school day it was all part of the school it's probably smart Um, it wasn't it it wasn't here we just have like like optional like driving while texting around a roundabout (laughs) class yeah 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 so we've we've been talking about you know putting Jaden through driving school and then um trying to just figure out i don't know 
I do not know. There's too much I don't know right now, and yeah. I don't like that feeling. He loves um, everything he's involved in in school with marching band. I love that he's doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's greatly fulfilled by all the musical fun stuff he gets to do at school, but it doesn't really make it very conducive to going out there and getting a job, yeah. you know, say at Kroger or something like that. So trying to figure that out. How can the boy save money, make yeah. money, but still be a teenager? Because 15 the same is like the first real birthday. Is that so? <laughs> you just declared that? Yeah. Because like every other birthday, it's just what are you looking forward to? Yeah, you're just, it's just another year. You get presents and probably celebrate somehow. But 15, it's like, I am one year away from well, driving. What about 12 when you can finally start eating off the adult menu at restaurants? <laughs> That's a big one. Is that the age limit? I don't know. Oh. I just remember always thinking like What about 60 when you get a discount at the movie theater? There you yeah. go. Well, that's probably the last birthday. 15. <laughs> oh, thank first you. Birthday. <laughs> that's not a great thing to say. <laughs> 15 is like I'm I'm I could probably get a job now. I can go yeah. driving in about a year. Yeah. Like that's like the first Real birthday, yeah. quinceanera. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've ever been scared as a parent until, until like this morning. It just all came <laughs> oh, down. No. Well, it all came you, down. You should be. Yeah, I'm like, have I taught him enough? Is he gonna? No. Is he gonna make it in this world? Hopefully, he's 15. He's fine. <laughs> He'll be What's fine. the worst thing? No, just kidding. <laughs> oh no, uh, Dave, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Christmas. I'm, yeah, I'm okay. Everyone asks me this time. People look at me like, uh, this is your Super Bowl, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, no. You say, stop it. <laughs> well, and right. it's like, it's, it's okay. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. It's six times. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's all good. But in some ways it's the same thing. We come in, we do it, we prepare and yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But people dress nicely. That's about it. It's the only difference, right? People come in and they, yeah. they're all dressed up and there's lots of families and You'll notice, yeah. Barry, what you'll notice, it's interesting. I think I told you this yeah. earlier. When you're preaching on Christmas Eve, there's a lot more noise going on. Yeah. Because there's lots <laughs> more kids in and just, just. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to recap Christmas Eve on the pod <laughs> with you guys. I can't give away all of our secrets, but there's one element that we're doing that I said in a meeting today. I can't wait to watch the guys try to get through their sermon after we. Wait, now I don't know Fill what in the doing. blank. Oh, you'll see. Ice, you will ice see. Eagles. Ice eagles. Ice eagles? Ice eagles. Well, all right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we want to talk about this because we might all get sad, but this I mean, we're getting and speaking of leaving, like we're we're getting single digits for you in Christmas Eve's, right? It's my next to the last. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. how do, does that hit you a different way? Next year it will. Next year, not this yeah, year though. Next year it will. That next year will be my last Christmas Eve. Okay. All right. Yeah, and it will. And I've got actually uh, two Easter's. Yeah. This one. Yeah. 2020. All right. Or 19 and 20. Well. Let's not get sad. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> Beat you to it. Yeah. I so, arrived. Um, have you, are you guys all done with your shopping and no. all that stuff? No. No? I've got a few other little things. You know, I always, this time of year, I have stocking panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what we did this year is we, in the family, stocking panic. I do, I have stocking panic because again, my wife kills it every yeah. time. I hope everything, I'm gonna, but I don't even know who has me this year. We, we handed it out. We, we all we are different, doing picked, different. Picked a name out of a hat. That's uh-huh. who's, we do their stocking. So, but I just panic because what can I, and we, we have to keep it the 25 bucks. What? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's supposed to be only twenty five bucks. <laughs> like the gift or the stock? The stocking. The okay. stock. Don't you don't, don't go crazy on it. Right. But I just gold anyway. ingots. So you I put also an orange gift. in the toe, right? An orange in the toe of the stocking. What? Takes up some room. Oh. My mom used to do that. Yeah. I should do that. I grew up that way. Put an orange in the st- in mm-hmm. the toe. That's brilliant. Nobody wants that. Yeah. They put do. an avocado in there. It's yeah. pomegranate. Pomegranate, which, by the way, is the size of my little grandchild. Oh. oh I thought you said waffle. <laughs> well, now they're a pomegranate as of today. Wow. That's sizable. Yeah. Must have so been a small like a, waffle. Not like a hotel waffle. waffle. Belgian it made no, waffle? It made no sense when it said it, the baby was a waffle. <laughs> yeah, like an ego? Yeah, like, a, like an ego. That's <laughs> Sorry. Right. Waffle. Christmas, yeah. Yeah. So my wife and I got into it the other day about... So I collect board games as well documented, right? <laughs> yeah, right. We know that. <laughs> um, and, you know, 
I have some on my Christmas list, wish list. People ask me what do, what do I want for Christmas. There's some on there, but I've got a wish list that is the size of like a CVS receipt of board games that I want. <laughs> CVS. <laughs> and not every game's on there. So yeah. I'm you know, I'm doing some freelance work this time of year, some video stuff, drawing stuff, um, to raise just a little extra money. And I was like, I'm going to go buy myself a board game. And we had we had a, had to have a conversation Uh-oh. of mm-hmm. like, don't oh, I you know cannot where this buy is going. something the month of December. Oh, because Lauren. No! you bought yes. something that somebody else got no. for you. I, I said, I will not buy something that's on my list. And she said, it's the month of December. Don't yes. buy anything don't for you yourself. Dare. Mm-hmm. Yes. And but you went then? ahead. You went well, ahead. Well, I did. And? <laughs> well, I think it's fine, but like... <laughs> So you guys are on her team. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Why? Only because I have been burned by this so many times. But what if it's not on your list? Um, well, then it's kind of just the principle of the matter. Like wait <laughs> yeah. till January, go buy your gift. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't have an opinion on this one. I'm <laughs> sorry. On, I, uh, I can see both sides. What game did you get? Yourself. Well, I got a game. I don't want to talk about what game I got. <laughs> it's it's too much. It's too much. But needless to say, it was not on my list. And I went out to go get it. And we had to have a conversation about it. And so I thought, I'll bring it to the pod to see if it's appropriate. And you guys sound like none of you agree with me. I'm halfway on your side. I just uh, don't know if yeah, I have you just an don't care, I'm trying That's, to decide if I'm on your I'm side. Not a gift so I am 100% going. not on your side. Like uh, I said, I've, this has happened to me too many times. No, I yeah. just, I think it's fine, but. I know you're going to get burnt. I know it's going to be a Yeah, probably. Last year, I didn't know if I, like I bought Lauren's gift like six weeks in advance. And my question was, is that it? Or do I need to get more? And you guys said, get more. And this year I'm saying. (laughs) Didn't you give it to her six weeks in advance last year? That's what it was. It wasn't that you purchased it ahead of time. It's that you gave it. And then she said, I don't want anything else. Yeah. And we all all agreed. Then you realized, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Man, Christmas is tough. (laughs) So that's the rule, I guess. Expectations, yep. Um, All right, so just quick housekeeping. This is going to be our last pod of 2018, and so I thought it would be good to just kind of recap some stuff that's happened at Grace. I asked all you guys, um, what are some good things that are either happening right now or have happened this Mm -hmm. year uh, at Grace Church that we can just kind of reminisce on, talk about, uh, just quickly list. And so you guys all sent me some some things, and um, yeah, I just kind of want to go through them. So... Right now, actually, there's something really cool going on with, on with the care center, Dave, um, with toys. And oh, yeah. can you can you tell us a little bit about what's happening? Also, yeah. for anyone who saw a picture of Dad holding two giant stuffed animals with zero context oh, whatsoever, Twitter. and yeah. it just said "staff prayer." Yes. And I'm holding, <laughs> I was holding like a blue green octopus. Yes. This, maybe this will give you some context. <laughs> Staff yeah. prayer with Dave. Yeah. Blue green octopus. Yeah. Thanks, Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So in addition to everything else, uh, the care center, which is constantly meeting the needs of 500 families uh, from central Indiana, we uh, have collected and, and distributed $20,000 part of the program of Bless a Family this Christmas. That's one thing. So yeah. $20,000 blessing families. Um, number two, we gave away seven cars. Wow. Yeah. Vehicles last week through our vehicle ministry. And then we partnered with WRTV in their toy drive and the, all those toys ended up here. Yeah. 8,000 8, toys. Wow. Um, and then we partnered with the Indy fuel at their, um, stuffed animal collection, which they rained down on the ice. Oh. So. Really? Oh yeah. The people bring them to the game, to the hockey game, to and then chuck they chuck at the players, they, right? They throw oh. out onto the ice and then they all pick them up and they all ended up here, which is another six thousand. That's what I was holding during I was holding one, oh my goodness. two yeah. of the six thousand. Central stuffed auditorium animals. is just giant pallets full of boxes of, yeah. of so poison of Christmas animals. Joy. Instead so, of candlelight at Grace Church this year, we're just gonna have everybody hold up their favorite. Well, we're gonna set them on animal. fire. Yeah, no. oh, gonna, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> look at there's a cow burning. But oh no. Oh, no. Uh, so uh, at any rate, what we're gonna do is that's fourteen thousand toys and stuffed animals are gonna be offered to our care center friends last night, tonight, and tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, as a part of what did I say, Marcus is calling that a uh, Santa's workshop, mm. and uh, parents will be able to shop and then 
wrap them and give them to their. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That's a big deal too, because we were down on the circle either last week or the week before, kind of collecting all these toys for with WRTV six. Yeah, and then they all ended up here, and I actually saw a video of somebody at the hockey game where there were the ice was covered in stuffed animals. Yeah. I didn't know that they were all coming here. Oh yeah, all of them. That's awesome. Yeah, they are. Okay, so that's what's happening right now, but the care center has also done things like uh they had a community fair earlier mm-hmm. this year. Huge. Yeah, and Huge. so what all happens there? Well, uh it's in addition to the normal care center being open and the food pantry, there's everything from bike giveaways to haircuts to shoes to um Gosh, what else am I missing? When were the were the family pictures then, or is that? No, that was like that last, was week. Just last week. That was last week. Our our, our uh, volunteer photography team, photo team, offered really nice family photos. Yeah, um, that also happened. Yep, or like two hundred families. Yeah, so the the community fair is it's just offering support on a lot of different levels, from physical to emotional, and it's it's a lot of fun. And there were I don't know how many thousand pe- thousands of people were here. And the, the care center just continues. To, and also, I should say that we're looking forward to uh, breaking ground, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, expansion. On the expansion of the care center, which will double our capacity to to meet the needs of people. And that's I mean, that's something that happened in 2018 that probably is a little bit under the radar. But now that we have the Grace Care Center Foundation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden uh, we're starting to get partnerships with other churches, other organizations that want to support the care center. And that's where all the funding came for the expansion. So yeah. that's... That's even though it's been in existence probably before, when did it found like 2017 or something, but now it's start, we're starting to see the fruit of that foundation being yeah, able to raise funds great. outside the walls of grace. For instance, a $24,000 gift came in in December to the foundation from Dr. Pepper. <laughs> wow. Because Dr. Pepper talked to Kroger and said, we've got some funds to give Kroger. Where would you suggest they be given, and Kroger said the care center. Awesome! That yeah. is pretty cool. Yes. To be clear, this is Dr. Bartholomew Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> he practices yeah. in Avon. Yeah, he lives in Westfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's yeah. the Dr. Pepper. Anyway, that it's a That's cool Bartholomew. thing. Bartholomew, because a lot of organizations they don't want to give to a church, or they can't give by charter. They can't give to a church, but sure. they'll give to a nonprofit that's meeting the needs of people. That's so right. And other other churches like Northview Church supports our care center both with volunteers and finances. And like people ask all the time, how is Grace partnering with other churches? How are you? And right. this is one of the ways that we're working together, which yes, is cool. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Uh, another thing that happened just recently, we've talked a lot about Mary Poppins. Yes. A lot of people came to and through Grace Church because of that. Yeah. Marin was in it. Um, some incredible stories of even life transformation within the cast mm-hmm. still going happened. on still going on yeah, yep. yeah. um mm-hmm. happened we had a lot of people first time ever come to grace church because of that and um are still coming to grace church because of that because of that and so another great thing that happened in 2018 um Marin, will you ever do a musical again ah that's still up for debate okay. <laughs> okay. i enjoyed it very very much but yeah. Um, my husband didn't like me being gone mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So just yeah. given that spray on snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's asked me a few times, so no more musicals, right? But well, he should be in one. next he year. You should. guys to do it together. He should. And there was a there were a few occasions where he was walking around our house singing Mary Poppins songs, oh, see? and he admitted, "Yeah, I wish I had the time. I yeah. wish I could have joined you guys. So yeah. maybe next time, family <laughs> affair." That would be cool. That would be amazing. Uh, we started a Latino worship experience, yes. uh, at least at one campus, where mm-hmm. every few months, I think, we've only we've only done it twice now, but mm-hmm. pretty even, good response. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Even to that end, the way that we've started to incorporate more Spanish translation on our screens, in mm-hmm. our services, yeah. across campuses, this is a big deal. This is yep. a big part of how we are responding to the way that God is moving mm-hmm. and the people that he's bringing our way regionally. Yep. And Absolutely. by the way... I want to know if it was a national thing that all Venezuelans are incredible musicians. Is that? <laughs> I think that is. Uh, oh my like gosh! They take driving class in Chicago. They take music class in the hospital when you're born. <laughs> that, in that's, Venezuela, that's fact. That's, it's fact. I, boy, I, I didn't know where it that took, was it going. It took me a second to put that together. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. We got. It's required. Where is it going with it's this? required. Oh yeah, some of our. Oh, they're unbelievable oh, musicians. They're, they're yeah. fabulous musicians. They're wonderful people. Yeah. They're they're so hospitable. They've done a lot to enrich our community here, and even just personally, they've done a lot to enrich my life. But, but just yeah. and just so we're clear. 
it's not only Venezuelan right. people. There, that that is a large core of folks that have called, called yep. Grace their home. But as a result, um, our doors are open, and more and more people from different Latino cultures and communities are finding their way here. So it's and not just Latino because we're also oh also and we're examining the uh, we're looking into 2019 to starting a uh, international advisory team. At Grace, mm. because uh, so stay tuned. We'll bring right. you more information on that. Yeah. Cool. Um, what else we got? We got uh, Rooted was launched this oh, year. Yeah. A lot of people go through that. We had huge. like 700 people, yeah. I think, yeah. with the huge celebration. Huge at the celebration. End, all the baptisms. It was incredible. But yep. it was it was very important because I mean, speaking very honestly, to get to the point to launch Rooted, we ended some very popular. Mm-hmm. aspects of grace church and so it was it wasn't without pain that we got to this point and so yep. i was holding my breath hoping that god had led us to which i believe he had led us to something that would be transformative i didn't know it would be this transformative mm. yeah, yeah. I, d- I did not know that it would lead to this much life change and yep. it has it's yep. and we and then i mean this is 2019 but we've been talking about the january session of rooted and we thought oh you know first one will be 700 next one let's Let's probably plan for like 300 and already we're pushing 500 uh, registrations. And so we thought the second one was going to be way softer and smaller, but Mm -hmm. it seems like it's also going to be pretty, pretty wild, pretty big. Yeah. And this is after I realized how on earth are Americans going to respond when we said, oh no, you have to go 10 weeks in a row, right? Yeah. 10 weeks in a row. And then you have this other experience, this prayer experience. And also you're going to be speaking very honestly about the Mm -hmm. strongholds of your life. And I'm thinking even I can remember sitting back in Kenya, looking at Marathi and Oscar going, "Eh, this will never work. Not Mm -hmm. not in the United States. It's not going to work. And it is. Mm. It is. Um, We've got one year in North Indy. One year. That's awesome. In the, in the YMCA. Yep. Big time. Hundreds of people still worshiping and looking forward to the future. Oh yeah. Yep. Shout out to all the grunts that make that possible. Oh that get there the so best. early to set up and then they stay late to no tear matter, down. No matter what weather it no is. No matter what weather. <laughs> that's the part that gets me the most. They're you know the so stuff, dedicated. When you wake up in the morning, your hair's all over the place <laughs> and the stuff coming out of your eye. Yeah. That's their badge of courage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they actually never go to sleep. They're just up waiting to go yeah. unload the truck. I think one of them just sleeps inside the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just try to stay out of their way when yeah. I go to North Indy. We sent we sent 27 trips uh, across the world, mission trips. Marin went on one of those this year. 376 people went on one of these trips. Wow. Wow. Um, we're about to launch a uh, mission trip season where you get to sign up yep. for trips that are going to happen next summer. Mm. Um, but 376 people, yeah. 27 places around the world, and it's important to note why we do it. We don't do it. Yes, things happen. When we go to where wherever we go, we do things in Jesus' name, touch people's lives, change, you know, build things, whatever we do. But really we send people so that it would change them. Yeah. yeah. Their lives are different. And we we refocus their lives. All of a sudden, calling and mission and destiny really moves to the forefront of their lives yeah. because they're pushed out into a place where they have to stretch themselves. Mm-hmm. That's why we do mission <clears throat> trips. Yeah. And it's hugely important. It's part of who we are. Yep. Uh, Fuse Middle School Ministry had a great fall retreat. I threw they that learned they there. were not squirrel food. That's right. I threw that one out there because that was such a highlight for me yeah. for the year. But um, yeah, that was awesome. That was a blast. I got to speak at that and people are still making references to squirrels and acorns and yep. which don't worry if you have no idea what I'm talking about. It has, it's, it's relevant, I promise. Yeah. So here's something serious about student ministry. What happened at 146th Street last week will mm-hmm. resonate for the year for me because I did not, I didn't even know this, but Indiana ranks number one in the nation. This is kind of a downer, but it's true. Number one in the nation for the number of students who are planning to end their own life. I mean, yeah, and it, I did not know that either. And, and when I saw that, that's, it's a stunning st- statistic and, 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 Twice as much as the national average. That's insane. And we need to ask questions like, why is that? And what is it? But at any rate, um, so Melody, Pastor uh, Pastor Melody from uh, the 146th Street uh, campus pastor got up and said, hey, look, we got to do better because we need like 45 new leaders here at this campus alone. Mm-hmm. And here's the state of our kids. And look, standing up in front of a church and saying, hey, we need 45 whatevers to do anything. Everyone usually sitting there goes, well, the person beside me can do that or I'll never. Well, 
shock of all shocks, 62 people said, I want to consider helping out. Yeah. 62. And Barry and I were saying, we've been watching the the st youth staff here having these meetings, In constant the lobby, meetings like nonstop. Yeah. 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 One after it's the so next. Cool. So we, our people rose up and said, no, this will not stand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, the, if our kids are struggling this much, count me in. I may not know what I'm doing working with kids, and I am not the coolest person in the world, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I will step in. That yeah. will be a highlight for me. Yeah, that was great. Uh, we learned how to read our Bibles this year. BYOB yes, summer I loved that sermon series. series. I love that. That was Barry's series. idea and well, his design. Well, here's what's going to happen is from now on, we're all going to have into the grace, like language world behind the text, world of the text, yeah. world in front of like mm -hmm. when we first started that, I was like, what? I can't keep the world straight. And as we went on, it was like more and more fascinating how many people were latching onto that? You started doing your Facebook mm -hmm. uh, live videos every Tuesday morning. And yeah. by the end of the summer, you're like, I'm really excited to read the Bible now because I kind of get, I kind of get the worlds. Yeah. Right? I, I, I want to understand the world. Yeah. Right? I'm fascinated by that. So that was a huge moment, I think, for at least starting uh, ongoing yeah. Encouragement of literacy. In it the was Bible. wonderful. Whether you've been reading your Bible all your life or whether you've just started, you mm -hmm. really equipped us with tools to be able to feel confident when we open the word of yeah. God and wow. how cool. to, yeah, how to read the Bible. My dad comes to mind because he still talks about it all the time. Really? He's like, yeah, this passage. And you know, I don't remember the names with the behind and the world, but what I learned <laughs> about the text was, and then he, he, he does it. He's yeah. doing yeah. what you described yeah. and yeah. he doesn't so even cool. go to Grace Church. So that's awesome. That and I awesome. got, I got my second text in the last 48 hours from a person saying, my wife wants that. What's what's the name of that? The Cultural Study Bible yes. or something. Yeah, yeah. So yes. there, so there are Christmas Cultural Study Bibles going out for Christmas. Oh, okay, I so was cool. in the bookstore this this morning and I saw that Jackie had a stack of them, and I was like, "That's my favorite Bible." That's so cool. That's, yeah. That people want them for Christmas. Oh yeah, presents? they do. That's cool. awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is great. Well, yeah. that's that's encouraging. I mean, to be honest, I was not sure. I was like, "Is this going to be?" too nerdy for people are they not going to enjoy this but probably people, but maybe we got a, a couple lot of people nerds. have definitely told me that <laughs> but but most yeah the most of the feedback i've heard is oh i didn't realize that's how you like what you can get out of the bible yeah. if you just read it that way so that's yeah. exciting and hopefully yeah. we can yeah. i'm going to bring back the uh the facebook live things in january by the way oh cool for the january series i think it's gonna be cool uh -huh. a little right. bit different but yeah it'll be fun uh, Fishers rose up amidst tragedy. There was a tragic yeah. occurrence a couple months ago and watching the people of Fishers at Grace Church rise to the occasion, serve the community, serve each other mm -hmm. was really, really encouraging and inspiring. They, they opened the doors to, uh, the YMCA to host childcare. Right. Um, they made lunches for the teachers, uh, of both schools that were impacted by the tragedy and man, yeah, it was, super encouraged. Every answer to every need was yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll do that. Yes. Mm. We'll do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really encouraging and uh, really a, a great picture of the last thing I want to talk about, which is people realizing that they were made for more. That's what mm, happened at Grace yeah. Church this year. Yeah. And that to me is the biggest win of the whole year is yeah. people understanding this is a church that is about you realizing God has so much for you. Yeah. And let me just, let me call Tyler here for a second, because we were sitting in, in a room with the pastors trying to figure out how to articulate these concepts. We were talking about, this is what's important to us, but we were trying to figure out how do we put this in a phrase that describes the essence of what grace is all about. And we're sitting there and it was quiet. And Tyler goes, you were made for more. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I do. And everybody's like falling out because yeah. that's it. That one phrase, and it has stuck. It is this, one of the stickiest yeah. phrases that we've used. Yep. It, um, put, it, it allows people, friends of the pod, whoever, to put themselves in the story that God has for them. Yeah. And, uh, unlike anything uh, corporately for everyone that we've done before since yeah, I've been here. Yeah, it's beautiful. People can't keep... believe I missed that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't here? I was. I went to the bathroom. I uh -oh. kept <laughs> Everybody's like... Like cheering and yeah. weeping and yeah. high-fiving. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot more happened, obviously, in 2018 that I know I'm probably missing. I just asked these guys to to help me think of some things right before we started recording. So, um, But that's 2018 at Grace, and it was a great year. It was a tough year. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of 
loss and a lot of frustration, a lot of emotions happening, but also a lot of um, really life changing things. And it was really a great year when it's all said and done. So looking forward to 2019. Not sure what that's going to hold. But uh, for now, Dave, let's turn to your sermon. Yeah. um, And talk a little bit about that. So you gave a sermon and um, really about not being afraid that God's not going anywhere. He's his presence is with us, but yeah, you're um, never alone. Yeah. Can you kind of tell everybody what you wanted them to hear if for anybody who may have missed it or not? um, Yeah. The the big idea is, is we all share a profound need to be in the presence of God. And so we explored that. um, And we looked at John one 14 where it says um, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't reckon that's excuse me. That's 10. Uh, 14, the world became human and made his home among us. He made his home among us. He is present. He came into our lives. And so we explored what it really means for to be in the presence of God. Um, interesting. Side note, <clears throat> I've gotten a peculiar amount of email response from hmm. this message, but it's interesting. <clears throat> I think it's partially due to people saying, I'm glad to know I'm not alone and that God is with me, but a tremendous amount of response to the uh, what I was talking about, human loneliness hmm. and isolation, hmm. a tremendous amount of response. And I used the the study that was done at the University yeah. of Chicago. Um, people really have responded to that. And we've talked about, I think this on the pod before, but I am, I thought I would stop being surprised, but the, the issue of isolation and loneliness is a massive, massive issue. Of all the six broken places is the one that has surprised me the most of the reaction to people. Hmm. It is a growing conundrum. It's a growing issue in the United States. Yeah. Um, and so the message about you, um, that, that we don't, God said, do not be afraid. I am with you is the, is you do not have to feel like you're alone. I'm with you. That was the essence of the message. Yeah. Um, and, and you also talked about how we have a profound need to be around other people. Yeah. And for me, I think that's that's where it clicked because you you said multiply that by a billion. A billion. Yeah. And that's that's what we all have to be around in the presence of mm-hmm. God. And sometimes I forget about that personally. I'm like, yeah, I know God's presence, like, you know, that's all good. I I, I believe that. But then I think about when I am lonely, all I want to do is be around people or be around my family or something. And that's where it snaps into focus. Like my need for that or my desire for that should be multiplied by a billion when it comes to God. So that's where, it, um, and, and I think it's more than just, <clears throat> excuse me. It's more than just being with people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being known, it's being accepted. Yeah. yeah. And that, that multiplied yeah. times a billion is what is what we need in our relationship with God as well. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you focused on John one, nine through 14, right? Right. Especially so, verse 14. Yeah. So before we get into the meat of it, you started talking about, and, and I don't know if this is, this impacted you the same way it impacted me talking about Mary's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you ever thought about that? Like in like real world, what happens to a human being when they're pregnant and Jesus was inside? Have you ever thought about that? Like in well, hit- real time? Well, that, that, yeah, when I, when I talk, of course, the reason why I brought that up is because we've been thinking almost every day we get updates on what is the size of our daughter's baby. Yeah. This, and I was sitting last week working all of a sudden I went, oh my gosh, that's what Mary went through. Mm. Yeah. Mary had a second trimester. And so I, I went and I reached what's happening what happens in the second trimester? Yeah. <laughs> and that's and the thing that hit me the most was when um, you know, Jesus' fingers and toes were well defined, his eyelids and eyebrows and eyelashes. But then in his second trimester, Jesus began to suck his thumb, yawn, stretch, and make faces. That overwhelmed me. The idea of Jesus sucking his thumb is <laughs> yeah. like I never ever thought of that. I, I loved just it. I guess he just comes out of into the world as like this fully developed Right. Messiah. Yeah. 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 The whole concept of the incarnation, if you really get into the practicalities of it, suddenly it's like, it's just 
hard to get your head around because yeah. either he was just a human that somehow became God sometime later in his life, or he was this fully formed God who came out of the womb talking and, yeah. you know, Floating, healing people. Like, wearing a white gown. It's like, either way, you've gone off the rails. That's Neither yeah. of those is true. But how does one awaken to their identity as the Messiah? Yeah, how yeah. does one grow into their knowledge of themselves as a deity? Like, yeah. I don't... It's it's crazy, and I yes. The answer to your question, I think about it all the time. You do, <laughs> wow. Because like I thought about that when David's preaching, I was like, my son literally r- runs around screaming nay nay because he thinks about horses all the time, and that's what, and that's what Jesus was doing at some point, right? <laughs> Something like that's that. That's crazy. Like everything's a nay nay. Every he wants nay nay all the time. I think it made it that that whole section of your sermon made him so human. Mm-hmm. The incarnation, being God made flesh it made mm. it so human um yeah yeah and and the literal the, the word that john uses in 114 is that the word became human and barry introduced the concept of the word the this, loving self-revelation of god <laughs> loving self the, with this <laughs> cosmic huge concept yeah. became mm. imagine what god had to do to constrain himself yeah yeah to take on human flesh which was the ultimate constraint yeah to an unconstrained, infinite God to be constrained by human flesh is mind-boggling. Yeah, and, 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 and allow himself to be a normal human being. Right. Like I said, I, I do think about this a lot. But if you think about the idea that God had to, if he was going to create something that was not him, he had to actually first create a space that existed, which was not himself, <laughs> to create I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> to create us. <laughs> and then at some point would have had to then enter into that space as a part of that creation, which was not himself. It's like, you, you just, uh, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just like, yeah, it's, I can't, t- you know, spatio-temporal <laughs> paradoxes are just springing up everywhere you look. To me, it shows how I, much he think, set aside to come here yeah. Oh, yeah. and to pitch his tent among us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's how you put it is God is pitching his tent among us. Yeah. That's what the, the phrase and he. Yeah, he entered into the neighborhood. He bought the house next door. He, he just, yeah. He, and the whole idea is, he became present, mm-hmm. and for thirty plus years, he was actually face to face present with ten thousand. I don't. I'm guessing tens of thousands of people. But even after he died physically and rose physically and went to heaven physically. He then came back spiritually and he's every bit as present now as mm. he was when he was face to face. That was the whole point mm. yeah. is his everlasting presence. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if we don't, even if we can't, if we don't recognize him mm-hmm. or we can't actually literally hear him sometimes and um, yeah, or it means that we need to strain ourselves to see it. He is present. Do not be afraid. I am here. I'm, you're not alone. So you went through a list of, excuse me, you went through a list of things like implications Implications. of what all this means. Yeah. What was, what was one of those things? Well, one of them is there's, if this is true, that he's always present, there's no such thing as compartmentalizing life. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't say there's the religious and the non-religious because he's there all the time. So if you want to call it, everything's religious. I don't like that term. Yeah. You know, everything, everything is spiritual. Everything. I don't like that term either, but you know, but (laughs) everything is God. Yeah. He's yeah. never not there. Yeah. So you can't, you can't say, yeah, well, that's a spiritual part of my life. No, sorry. Yeah. You know, that's my work life. No, he's there. Hmm. You so know. What's the, what, what are the implications of that? Yeah. Well, like <laughs> I said, you know, he's, he's set up, he set up his tent in your car. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. I, I was sitting next to my son and I said, your locker. I, oh, that's right. Yeah. I loved that you said that, and you said that with James, a lot like, of James. Like nothing can fit in my locker. There's too many papers. <laughs> a lot of in teenagers there. in the room. I think if there was ever a time that I was more tempted to com- compartmentalize my life, it would have been as a teenager. Yeah. You know, you are one way when you're with your friends, and you're a different way on the weekend when you're sitting next to your parents during church. So I'm mm. glad I was happy you made that point. So that was that was point number one. Yeah. Point number two is there's no need to fear. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. And that whole picture, you are under the my wings. And this is when it, when it starts to get emotional. And and I've had num- number of people approach me. They're in deep pain. They're um, 
and maybe it's something to anchor and say, I am not alone. I'm under his wings. Hmm. I've told this story many, many times, but it was one of the most important spiritual moments in my life when I was sicker than a dog and I was dealing with this autoimmune illness and ugh, it was a middle, about two in the morning and I couldn't, I felt sick. I'd, and normally what I'd get up, I'd get up from bed and go downstairs, turn on the TV so I could kind of blot out the pain. And I got up and I very heard clear, clearly God say, no, go back to bed mm. and lie down and I will lie with you. Mm-hmm. And changed my life. Yeah. I mean, I go back to that moment and I tear up every time I think about it because it was, it, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was very clear. He said, uh-uh, go back to bed and I will lie with you. And you know what he did? He did. So that's, those of us in pain need to understand he is, he has not left us. He's yeah. That was second implication. You want me to go on or you want to Yeah, start? let's keep going. Third implication, but you might not recognize him. Mm. Okay. So this is where you started sharing a story. Yeah, I told this. I told the story. Um, and can you talk about personally what that story did to you? The story was you you saw I somebody saw, who looked super emaciated, and it was yeah stunning, stunning in the way he presented himself. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, I had somebody contact knows him. Really? Yeah, contact me after. I was the wondering if that would happen. Yeah, and I didn't even say where. Yeah, where it was, but somebody who knows him mm-hmm. and. I don't know the whole story and I'm going to follow up with them and see if I can figure out the story. And I've, I've even thought about him. I even went back into the store two days ago and I saw him again and I thought, okay, what, what is happening mm. here? Yeah. Mm. But I don't know how to describe it, Tyler, but it was not pity. It was not me thinking, what can I do for him? It was, it was as if his presence, how do I describe this? It was as if his presence engaged me at a deeper spiritual level than I had been all day long. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was, I was like, if it was a movie, somebody reached out and pulled me, you know, dragged me into a space I hadn't been in. Yeah. And did it, you say, did you say, um, that it, it, you knew you were staring Jesus in the face? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, something was happening. I wouldn't, I don't think in the moment I would have thought, okay, that's Jesus. But something spiritual was happening that instantly I started to pray instantly. And my prayers were somewhat incoherent, but it was like, what are you saying? What is happening? And where are you in the, it was that kind of thing. Mm. So, um, and this, by the way, this doesn't happen to me very often. Understand because if you think because pastors have these experiences all the time, uh, uh-uh. uh, mm. it doesn't, this was peculiar. Yeah. And so I got, I got my van, I sat to my van and I was weeping and I was praying and I, and it was as if God said, that's when I realized, oh, that was you. Mm. That was you. I felt, and and I was like, well, okay, what do you want me to learn? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do with this? When I, when I was in <clears throat> India back in 2008, um, I spent a day at a place called Sewa Ashram, which was a essentially a community center for the dying and the destitute. And what they would do is this group would drive around New Delhi late at night and look for people who were on death's door hmm. from illness, from starvation, and they would bring them and give them a peaceful end. And I had never encountered anything like that before hmm. because that's just here. It's like, well, no, don't, don't let them end. You got to fix them. You got to make it all better. But the people that they were caring for were so, I mean, so far gone, so destitute that they really had no option. There was no, there was no salvation for their bodies and they were going to die. And so I went and I spent a day out there with them. And, um, man, it was one of the most powerful spiritual encounters I've ever had. I walked in to this place. First of all, every new Delhi is bustling. It's crazy. It's chaotic. It's loud. I walk in and it was as if someone had hit the mute button in this, this little property with the wall around it. Uh, Suddenly I was in this peaceful garden. And as I'm walking down the path, there are all, every single bush, uh, that was along the side of the path was just overflowing with butterflies. They were flying around everywhere. There was a whole little litter of new puppies running around. And, Can't make this up. No. And then I and then I walk <laughs> in and I meet people who were dying of HIV AIDS. A man who was who was a skeleton. He he was who had a and I I didn't know what to do. I sat. I walked around and I just I smiled at people and and everyone everyone was peaceful and calm. But then I went and I sat on this cot 
next to a this this man and I didn't have a translator. So I just sat with him and like I held his hand and I prayed, but I didn't really have anything to pray. I didn't know what to even say at the moment. But as I was staring at him, I had this overwhelming sense, just like you, that I was in some way I was in the presence of Jesus. And as I was in that, in that, that ashram, in that place, it was this overwhelming sense that God is here and it mm. was the last place I would have ever expected to find God. Because these are the people that God has abandoned, right? That yeah. we would think yeah, they've that... been cast aside. And yet this was the one place where our suffering Savior had most identified, yeah. where he was spending his time. And anyway, that, that I haven't thought about that in a little bit. But that what your, your story brought that up for me because I remember being shocked that I had encountered God in a place like that. Mm. But that's where he was. Yep. So that was third implication. Yep. Fourth implication is, um, he, third was you might not recognize him. Fourth, you may not hear him. Yeah. He, he may be hard to hear. Mm. And I use the illustration of C.S. Lewis when his wife was dying. He was reflecting on the death of his wife and he said, you know, so where is God? This You feel this, you know, it feels like not you're pounding on the door of heaven. No one's answering. And then it feels like the door is closed and locked and double bolted. And... Um, and he said, the, slammed in your face. Um, and after that, there's silence. And that's the way it is sometimes Yeah, with God. Do you um, think for people who are lonely or would, would say they feel isolated, do you think this is one of the most common things that we experience when we're lonely is feeling like God's just not listening or saying anything or is loneliness connected to separation? Like, is you know what I'm asking? Like... I feel like when there, when the moments I feel either depressed or I've experienced actual depression, um, and somebody who's trying to encourage me says, "Well, just remember, you know, or read the Bible, or God is whatever," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it doesn't feel that way." Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like this is one of the most common experiences people who are lonely have? Well, I've heard it a lot. Uh, I've heard, and I've experienced it my myself. Because when we're depressed, one of the reasons why we're not hearing the voice of God is because we're screaming so loud mm. within, within our own, telling ourselves our own story, that I'm depressed yeah. and I'm down. And as a result, my voice is overwhelming the voice of God Yeah. when, when I'm, when I'm depressed. But I, yeah, I think it's common. Um, yeah. You know, 40 years of ministry, I've talked to so many people who said, you know, I've cried out to God and it usually happens in a moment of tragedy. Yeah. You know, he's not. He's not speaking. Where is he? I don't, I don't hear his voice. And that's what C.S. Lewis was saying here in the midst. My wife is dying of cancer and I'm crying out and I got nothing. Hmm. I got nothing. You're not responding to me. So sometimes it's hard to hear him. Yeah, it is. You said, um, when God says, don't be afraid, you said that was personal and permanent. And that stuck out to me. Like it's not fleeting. It's not, um, this is something that should affect me personally. And it's not going away. This is a permanent thing. I do not have to be afraid permanently. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because he doesn't, <clears throat> he doesn't come and go. Mm -hmm. He may be quiet, but he's there. And there's something to that that we need to pay attention to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, be still and know that I am God. Not be still and feel that I am God. Not even be still and or sense that I am God, but to know, yeah. to know. So that's that, that notion of his permanence. That's just something that I have to hold on to and know in mm -hmm. my times of doubting and in my storms. And when I'm kicking and screaming to know in, in a way that, that almost requires obedience that he is here, he is with yeah. me and I don't have to be afraid. Not, mm -hmm. not even almost, it does require a level of action on my part because I, and this is the conclusion I came to this week is that there is something in the straining that's important. Like when I can't, if somebody can't hear you lean towards them mm. or if you can't hear somebody, you lean towards the person or if you can't see them, you lean in. And I think there's something, I don't like that phrase lean in, but the, it's so overused, but the concept of leaning in is the training of my soul to pay attention to the permanent presence of God. And I do believe that there are people who have trained themselves so well in this that they're further down the road than others, that yeah. they have trained themselves to pay that much attention to God that they actually hear him more than I do. Mm. 
I believe that. Have you guys ever struggled with loneliness or isolation? Of course. <laughs> I was I was <laughs> well, single single till I was 34, okay. so yeah. Well, how did you How did you get through it? Like in the moment. How did you how do you get through For you, did you feel like God was silent? Were you missing him? Like what what kinds of things <laughs> I don't know. Did you do I to feel get like mine's a bit of a unique situation <laughs> because in the same time that I was feeling lonely and and I was also on this kind of whirlwind adventure. It kind of felt a little bit like it was just me and God. Mm. And I didn't have, it was more that I just didn't have friends in community. Mm. I did. Don't get me wrong. I had a small group that was consistent and they're still some of my dearest friends, but it just, yeah, I did feel a little bit adrift. And so for me, it, I feel like I did kind of have to rely on God and we worked some stuff out. So it's a bit of a different situation, I guess. Mm. And I could say, I've been lonely often in the 40 years, even though I've been absolutely surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would agree with that. There's a different kind of loneliness. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And isolation. I obviously have a wonderful family um, and a wonderful church, but in church community. But the idea is sometimes you just feel like, uh, yeah, thank you f- for caring, but I don't think you really understand. Yeah. And I feel very, I mean, and to be honest with the leaders of all kinds of any organization always feel a lot. They always feel a level of loneliness. Hmm. It's, it's a peculiar place to be. And it can be, I don't, you know, I've, I don't want to overthink that, but the fact is, yeah, I felt lonely many, many times. Hmm. Does yeah. it help you then to remember that loneliness is kind of a feeling, not a fact. And that the fact is God is with you and you don't have to be afraid. Does that help you in those moments or, are there things that you're doing to just kind of move on from those moments? Well, I, yeah, I think like anybody, you, there has to be a training of my soul to sit quietly before God when I'm feeling depressed and lonely and wait for him to meet me in that place. And if I didn't do that, uh, I, that has been, I will say that's a consistent practice of my life and it has been for 40 years of ministry. Um, hmm. And it's not always been the best, not yeah. always been deep, but it's been a consistent practice. Just just last week, I was sitting and I realized I had my journal open and I wasn't writing. I had my Bible open and I wasn't reading. I knew I needed to be praying and I wasn't doing it. I was just sitting there. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I felt self-frustration going, well, nothing's happening here. And then I went, no, 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 wait. It's okay. Just sit. Hmm. You're not doing anything else. That's okay. At least just sit here. And then I realized, and he is here and something is happening. Mm-hmm. Although I can't articulate, I wasn't doing all the things I felt like I should have been doing. And that for a moment, all of a sudden was just fine because mm-hmm. I was sitting. And but, so that may be the last implication is pay more attention, right? It has to be, it has to be the ultimate. I think it is the ultimate implication is that I've got to pay attention. If his presence is permanent, then I've got to pay attention. So if you hadn't paid attention during this time where you're sitting there and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything. You started paying attention at that moment. Yeah. But if you hadn't, it may have, you may have just walked away being like, that was wasted time. Exactly. Exactly. As, yeah. And I would have felt that. And I have felt that in the past. I've, I just I just wasted an hour of my life because yeah. nothing came of it. But come on. Do you guys have any, um, I don't know if shortcut is the right word or image or memory or something that you turn to when you're, when you need that hook to remember God's presence? Um, I know for me, it's like thinking anytime I think back about little Peter, I talked about him Mm -hmm. a few weeks Mm ago when I think back about his life and, and his adoption, it just, it reminds me of the bigger picture and of God's presence and stuff. I know that for Olivia, it, it can be, uh, even just like Humphrey, our rabbit, like that little life in our apartment is something that she can connect with God because she connects with him as creator. And it like, do you guys have something like that in your heart or your life? Yeah, for me, it's a breath prayer, but it's not really a prayer. It's a song. It's an old spiritual. And I think I've talked about it on the pod before, but, um, it's just kind of been my go-to even 
maybe since I moved here, I, I remember feeling loneliness my first week on the job because we had our staff retreat week one oh. of me being here. Nice. I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me. And I felt, I always feel the loneliest when I'm in a crowd or in yeah. a room full of people. It just was super awkward. Um, so I went and kind of retreated to my room and just had some time alone. And that's when the spiritual became a regular and ongoing part of my life. In fact, I sang it this morning um, before I got to work today. Just walk with me, Lord, walk with me while I'm on my pilgrim journey. Oh, won't you, Lord, just walk with me. And every time I feel alone, I sing that song. I don't Mm. even do it intentionally. I Mm. feel it coming out of my soul. It starts to rise up. Mm. Walk with me, Lord, walk with me. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh, I must, I must need you. I think I'm feeling Mm. lonely. I think I'm yeah. Okay. It just starts to rise up out of my soul. Sometimes I feel like maybe it's a foreshadowing of something to come. I didn't know this morning getting ready for work that I would get more bad news about, um, you know, fam- health of my family members. And he knew what was coming. I didn't know what was coming, but yet that song was just rising up in my soul. Mm. And every time I sing it, it takes me right mm. back to like, I'm, I feel like a child and I feel like I'm holding God's hand and we're walking mm. down a path. Mm. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, there have been seasons in my life where I read this book a while ago called Naked Spirituality. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. if you read it. And I don't remember anything else about the book. I don't even remember who wrote it. But the one thing I remember is that there was a moment where the author had to stop and acknowledge that the author, he is here. God is here. So we are here together. And there, since reading that book... That's the only thing that stuck with me. There have been moments where, whether it's high anxiety or feeling alone or um, frustration, I've had to stop and pause and think, okay, I am here. God is here. Mm. Or you are here. Mm -hmm. So we are here together. Mm. It's not just me. And I think that's kind of the the essence of Dave, what you were, you're saying is that we are here together. We are. Yeah. Yep. And also... I find that when I'm curious about stuff, I feel less lonely and I feel more of God's presence because when I'm curious and I'm learning about things, not only am I thinking about how God has created me to be curious, but he's also created the things that I'm learning about Mm. a lot of times, whether it's nature or whether it's people, human beings, like Mm -hmm. I am acknowledging I'm learning and being curious about what he's doing in this world. And so it makes me pay more attention to him. Mm. And less t- attention to myself, right. you know? So I found, I don't know if that's a shortcut, but that when I felt, when, when I felt the most lonely or the most alone are times where I'm the most narcissistic <laughs> <laughs> and the times I'm not, or I'm curious about other things or other people, that mm. is when I, yeah. that's a shortcut, so to speak, to get out of those moments. Mm. Yeah. And I would contend that when you have that moment where you turn your, in that case, oh, that's interesting. And God is opening some new reality to you or when you feel a certain thing a certain if i contend that if we could find a way to train ourselves to pay attention more often we would hear the voice of god more often yeah that's that's what i believe i even a small amount of intentional paying attention in my life will open up the the presence of god more than anything Mm. can Mm. just turn your head towards him you'll see him i believe that Tyler, I'm fascinated by what you said, because in light of your sermon Sunday, Dave, wasn't it curiosity that would have driven Peter to step out of the Mm -hmm. boat? Mm. And that was another one of the points that you made. Aside from he may be hard to hear, you said you may have to take a brave step to see him. And I think your curiosity driving you nearer to him, I think Mm -hmm. he wants to revealed us his glory and he wants to show us the things he created Mm. um even make known to us some of the mysteries of the intricacies of how we're created all points back to him as creator yeah it's like oh yeah science yeah find me there music oh you'll find me there yeah it's just like his creative heart or find me in that person or or that that relationship or or that memory like i'm there go look for Mm. me Mm. yeah well i'm happy i was here for you guys to give that Oh man, great sermon. I'm really excited that this is kind of where we're leaving to go to Christmas Eve, where we all get to like 
all focus our eyes on the birth of Jesus. Yeah. But this is the place where it's like, God is here. And now we're in the week leading up to Christmas where God is here. We get to celebrate Christmas together. And yeah, I'm really, Dave, thanks for the, You're for, the for the sermon. Um, so we, we, we're going to take two weeks off. Barry, where yeah. are we going after that? <laughs> ooh, ooh, after that? Well, yes. okay. We have one more week in this series after Christmas two, Eve. Two more weeks. Christmas Eve and then the week after. After right? Christmas Eve, yes. After Christmas Eve will be Tim uh, preaching about the blessings that we receive. That's the end of the, the prologue of John's gospel. So he'll talk about that, and then we'll launch into our January series all about Romans 8. Which is about what? Uh, it's about <laughs> freedom. It's yeah. but It's about the freedom that we can experience from yeah. shame, sin, self-sufficiency, and death. It's and you guys, Marin and Barry, you guys have pumped up Romans 8, Romans 8. for like the last six weeks. <laughs> You're like, oh my goodness, we could spend a whole th- seven years on Romans 8. Yes, so sir. I am really curious about where we go, well, where this takes us. It it should be. I mean, it's, it's going to end up opening up all sorts of big cans of worms. In fact, that's oh, good. on my, on my <laughs> Thursday, I'm going to do Thursday morning, uh, Facebook live things. And I'm going to do them just to unpack a whole bunch of other stuff that I didn't get into the sermon for people who are interested in like diving deeper, like week two, I'm going to scratch the surface by mentioning something about resurrection and the new creation and, and talk about it broadly. And then that Thursday, I'm going to dive deep and explain kind of the, some of the theology behind what we believe about the new heavens and the new earth. And it should be that's fun. Very fun. <laughs> so that kind of thing. I think it's going to be really cool. And it'll also be a really great um, s- series for your one. It's yeah. going to be an invitational series. Cause we're talking about some really like some stuff that everybody really needs, like freedom from shame. Yeah. yeah. I'd like that <laughs> freedom from, from the constant uh, temptations to, to give in to the addictions and sins and things in our life. Like I'd like that for you. And so freedom from, from the fear of death. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Sounds pretty nice. Anyway. So that's what it's going to be all about. Cool. So yeah, we will see you friends of the pod in 2019. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Marin, will you please do us the honors and send us out for 2018? Oh my goodness. This is it. Don't blow it. it. Don't blow it. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. Bye.